Welcome. You're listening to the rest of the sermon, a podcast where we dive deeper in content and conversation of last Sunday's sermon at Westside in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For more information, you can visit our website at westsidepb.org. Welcome back to the rest of the sermon, Miss Nikki. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing good. I'm enjoying um, the, the weather, but not the schizophrenia of the weather. If you don't like Missouri weather, <laughs> stick around. It'll change in a day, yes. an hour. You never know. I saw someone, somebody share something on Facebook that said, look at spring getting all springy and cute and yeah. acting like it didn't try to kill us last week. Exactly. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for tuning in. We had a little bit of a break um, last week, and so you went a week without a pod. We are so sorry that we could not supply you yeah. with your stuff that you needed to get through the week. No, Mid-week man. podcast. Yeah, we definitely had a little bit of downtime after Easter and some stuff like that. Just needed a little bit of time, but we are back in the swing of things. Yes, we are. And so the month of May is very busy, and this past Sunday was a very busy, very fun. We had family worship Sunday. My favorite Sunday of the month. Yep, you did great. Um, and for those of you guys who are listening, maybe you don't know what uh, family worship Sunday is. Miss Nikki, why don't you kind of fill them in as to what that is, why we do it? Right. So family worship, we if you are a first grader through a sixth grader, you do not go back into our kids' side program. Yeah. Um, you get to hang out with mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, friends, yep. whoever you came to church with in what we call big church. Yeah. It gives the kids a time to watch mom and dad respond and worship. It teaches kids kind of how to behave in a way. Um, But it also gives our volunteers a break. Yep, there it is. (laughs) There There it is. All the things. Which is good because I, I like it. There's a bit more behind the giving the volunteers a break. And and the reason why is is you know, what we say at Kids Side is is Kids Side is partnering with you, yeah. with your kids. Yeah. We are not replacing you. No. As a, so it's not like you're a parent and then your kids talk about God and you go, well, you just need to ask Miss Nikki no, that. No, yeah. It's, no, 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 we want to equip you as a parent. We want to do these things. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I really love that. Yeah, you get a third parent in me when it comes to all love of it. those conversations. I absolutely want to walk that with you yes. because it's not easy. And those questions, right. they're small, but man, they ask the big ones. And it gives parents a time to go, oh, wow, this is what my kid... Because what we do for the first couple minutes of the service is is you pop up there, you welcome everybody, and magically the room transforms to kids' side. Yeah, if you're in that room yes. for those first however long I'm up there, you are one of my kids' side kids. Yes. I don't care if you're 8 or yes. 108, I, I ask it. you to participate the same way. And and I think what it does is it gives parents an opportunity to also see what's going on back in the back yeah. on a normal Sunday. Oh, yeah. You know, and I- so Miss Nikki teaches a little um, lesson that goes along with sort of the sermon and there's a video that plays. It, it 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 has turned into a ton of fun of singing the songs. Oh, oh, we that is one thing I am so thankful yes. for our praise and worship team because yes. they every month want to kind of like up the level yes. and outdo. And we kind of try to bridge the gap between some of the new songs that the kids know that yeah. maybe the parents don't. Yeah. Um, but when last summer the kids had not heard of Father Abraham sure. and that crushed my heart. Right. Um, so a couple, well, not in May, but in April, the entire band stopped playing 
<clears throat> and the entire congregation as a whole yes. participated in so Father good. Abraham. And it was great. There's a reason why those songs have been around for so They're long. Perfect. They're teaching theology set through music. And so everybody in the chapel this Sunday, we did this little light of mine. Everybody held their lights up. They knew. Everybody. Uh, my kids love on the um, hiding under a bushel. No, they yeah. love the yelling part, do all of that. Well, I was raised in a church. If you whispered too loudly, <laughs> you were getting the look and you dare right. not get the look for the second time or right. you're going to be in trouble. Yes. So I am the total opposite of that. And I encourage all the yelling and shouting <laughs> and silliness in big church. Yes. Because these kids are not a part of the church. Yes. They are the heart of the church yes. just as much as every other congregant. 100%. And what it does is, is it allows the kids to desire to want to be a part of worship <gasps> when, on, when they graduate through. So there's all kinds of stuff. That's what family worship That's is. Right. It's incredible. They close in the Lord's Prayer. We all say that together. It's awesome. This Sunday was also special as well because, and it was very special for kids' side, mm -hmm. is we had Baptism Sunday. Yeah. And so we always do baptisms after Easter um, just because we do such a large community event and sort of we call it casting the net mm -hmm. and that if anybody makes a decision at Easter and stuff, we come in and baptize. And it was special. We baptized four kids who had gone through um, or are currently in the kids' side ministry, yeah. and it was incredible, and it was a very special Sunday Oh yeah, for me. It was um, pretty great. Yeah, we got—I had the privilege, um, by far, without a doubt, no questions asked, the best, coolest, highest honor of my ministry thus far is <clears throat> I got to baptize my oldest son, Roman Jordan, and it was incredible. It was awesome. It was a really good time. Um, and if you've not listened, you need to go through and go back and listen. You will hear the voice cracks. Oh, there man. were tears, Oof. not just from Jason. Yeah. Um, I think we were all like, <laughs> when it you're was. in, and you and Courtney and the kids, y'all are in a spotlight in, that in a way that is so different from anybody else yeah. in the church. Sure. And Roman belongs to you guys. Yep. 100%. But he also belongs to so many of us. And sure. we all feel those parenting yep. things with you guys. And we get to watch these kids. I've got to watch these kids. Romans 10. Yep. Since he was three. Yeah, 100%. So, and like, it was crazy. It was special. And then for us as a family, it was really cool. We've got these milestones for our kids that we want to celebrate and mark. And so we had a big lunch afterwards, and all of the family was there. All of the family was there to witness him getting baptized. And then. As we were eating, I had Courtney's dad, Roman's grandpa, my dad, Roman's grandpa, just kind of speak a blessing over Roman. Mm -hmm. People gave him some gifts. He got some really cool personalized stuff that said, like, May 1st, 2022, your baptism yeah. date and stuff. And then we all laid hands on Roman, prayed for him. It's a milestone. It's a big deal. So yeah. it was an incredible Sunday. Well, it, and I want to speak into the others that were baptized as well, because yes. Roman does belong to yep. the congregation in a, in a unique way. Yeah. One of our founding members. Yes. Her great granddaughter. Yep. Like this is this is fruit of labor yeah. from before her parents were thought of. It was crazy. Miss Lydia Cross got baptized and her great grandmother, Margaret Cross, and her great grandfather, Ted Cross, were the founding members of Westside. And when I say the, it started in the basement of their home. Ted Such Cross a typed story. up or I'm sorry, hand wrote the original bylaws. And so his signature is on all the founding documents. And so to think that they stepped out in faith over 60 plus years ago 
to plant a church, and now their great-granddaughter is getting baptized in the waters of that church. That's a beautiful story. Is a legacy that is, I mean, it's textbook. Yeah. It's, it's just incredible. Sunday was also a very special day as we began a new sermon series through the month of May called, a little play on words here, May We Honor. And, and so we're taking time. We are going to dive um, into that. Miss Nikki, I think you got the text, Romans chapter 12. I we'll do. read that and just dive in. Yeah, I was going to say, we are in the book of Romans. Um, we are in chapter 12, and the text comes from verses 9 and 10. Um, let me make sure I'm in the right spot here. Yeah. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection outdo one another in showing honor. So in that context of may we honor, we are discussing what honor is. Yep. And so you went to the kids and asked them (laughs) what honor was, and they had some really cute answers, but you also took it to Facebook. I love that you do that. You try to get other influences. I would love to be able to prep my sermon and just engage with anybody and everybody. I think the insight is incredible. And, And the reason why Honor is, a, I think, a hard word to define without using it. And so even Courtney said, like, man, it's hard for me to define honor without saying, well, you know, you just honor them. And and so that's another reason why I thought it would, you know, be great to kind of dive into the series. But, yeah, some of the Facebook responses were great. They said, makes me think of admiration. Yeah. Um, I feel honor requires more action than respect. Mm-hmm. I tie the word loyalty to the word honor, yeah. which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, and then honor comes from such a deeper level that then respect does. You don't need honor to gain respect, but you have to respect to get honor. Yeah, I like that distinction. I did too. I thought that was really, really insightful. Yeah. Um, and as we talk to this, they tell us to outdo. When we read the text, it yeah. goes outdo one another. Yep. And I love that that's a challenge. Right. Like, yeah. uh, it is a hard word. Sure. But in that, when it comes to honor, we're being challenged to do something we may not fully understand or explain. Yeah, it was um, good. It, it was, I, I think one of the application questions at the end of the sermon, and maybe we'll get to it, is I said, what if Westside became competitive Right. In honoring one another. And it's kind of where this comes from. A little bit selfish, but but it's great. So always I forget in the month of May, like how busy the month is. Crazy. And so there's Memorial Day, there's Mother's Day, we always have baptisms, there's all of this. One of my pastor friends of mine who's down in Texas years ago did a very similar series to this in regards to honor. So I was talking to him. They went a completely different approach, but I thought, you know what? That is what summarizes the month of May. We we are, when it comes to Mother's Day or Memorial Day or all of this, we are taking time to honor people mm-hmm. in that sense. So that's selfishly where it comes from. But B, when I started studying and looking in the scriptures about this word, I was like, this is a missing ingredient. And and one recommendation that'll be in the show notes for you guys is there's a book by Gary Smalley. Gary Smalley does a ton of marriage and relationship stuff. He's like kind of the premier go-to counselor for that. He wrote a book called The Gift of Honor. And Gary Smalley says that honor is by far the missing ingredient in relationships, that when he counsels thousands of married couples, 
thousands of parents, there is one thing that always they teach so those relationships can leave that counseling center and practically apply, and it's always honor. And I was like, man, that's perfect. We're one big family. Let's dive into this. Let's do this. And so that's sort of what started the journey with that. I love that that's where it came from was a place of wanting to absolutely be aware of what's happening in the world. Yes. Um, so the Oxford English Dictionary defines honor as a great respect and admiration for someone. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really a cool way. Like we're struggling to figure out <clears throat> what it means yeah. and respect kept coming up in, yeah. the, in the definition. There was a distinction that I found that one guy said, and I think it's partially true, but, but he said the difference between respect and honor is this respect is earned. Honor is given Oh, okay. freely. And so now I think that's kind of a broad statement because we teach our kids to respect police officers. Mm -hmm. Police officers don't necessarily have to earn our respect. But I think in relationships, very close relationships, respect is something that does need to be earned in that sense. Well, that's going to come back into play in a little bit when we get it's into good. some of these application questions. Yeah. That was a question I got when it came to I love it. the duality between honor and respect. That's great. Um but one thing I don't want us to miss that when it comes to scripture, how big of a word honor comes yes. when it comes to our Bible. Yep. You said it was mentioned over 170 times. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it is clear. It is. That's where the statement earlier is that honor is given. Mm -hmm. it, it literally at one point in Romans, the apostle Paul says, give honor to whom honor is due. And so it is commanded. It's not a, I mean, it's just black and white in the scripture, honor, authority. You know, this week we're going to talk about who do we honor? And obviously primarily it says honor your father and mother. And so we said that the word is such a big deal that in the 10 commandments, yeah. God's top 10, hey, Israel, my people, this is it. I've just saved you. You're my people. You're going to live differently. And this is how you're going to live differently. And the word honor is used. Yeah. That that's huge. We can't overlook that. No, you know? No, I th I think that's very important that when God's making when God's speaking to Moses yes. and he says, Honor that your days may be long in the land that mm. the Lord your God is giving you. When he speaks that, when God talks, guys, pay attention. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is most of the time when the word and we'll talk about this this week because this is the only commandment with a promise that says you'll live long in the land, and then the Apostle Paul picks it up in Ephesians and says that it may go well with you. Mm -hmm. But every time honor is mentioned in the Scripture, God says honor blank or do this out of honor for blank. Then God says, and I will blank. Right. So there's always a blessing that is attached to honor. So if we honor our relationships, honor people, honor God, honor our parents— God primarily in the scriptures promises that a blessing will fall on that relationship, which is significant. Huge. Yep. God says it's going to be true as a Christian follower. I want to believe that. I want that. I'm selfish and needy. So if it says honor those around me, okay, here you go. Because <laughs> yep. I mean, huge. Yeah, it's, it's huge. huge. Um, so when it when we look at honor, you mentioned um, Gary Smalley in the book, and I yep. think that was beautiful um, because I have written here in my own personal notes um, 
granting them a position in yeah. our lives worthy of great respect. Yeah. Love involves putting that decision into action. I have in here, love is still a verb. It requires work and honor. Old school DC talk. Yeah. There you go. Love See? is a verb. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And through that quote and kind of the original language words and stuff like that, the goal Sunday with it being such a jam-packed service was we were just going to define it. We were going to define honor. And we said our working definition for the series is this. Honor is the act of holding people and positions in high value. Because the word honor in the original language throughout the Old and New Testament is synonymous with money mm -hmm. or value. And so when we honor someone... We are holding them up in a position that says, that is valuable. You are valuable to me. That position is valuable to me. And man, just from that definition alone, I think if we just started applying that to our relationships of the people that we were in or, or the relationships that we are in with people and holding them high and communicating to them that they are valuable, man that would have a huge effect on our relationships. Absolutely. A huge effect. Absolutely. Um, and, and you kind of dove into that same thing a little bit. Um, <laughs> and the kids loved it. Um, my daughter was super bummed that she was not there for the illustration because that is one of our... I live on a farm, guys, and I've got seven puppies. I love it. And so we Lion King the puppies almost on the daily. <laughs> I love it. So Jolie was like, man, I missed it. And I was I mean, literally up. my spiritual gift of, oh, look, a butterfly, ADD, whatever. When, when I wrote that definition down about holding people in high value, that was the exact image that was seared in my mind. And for those of you who want to know what we're talking about, I said, you know, for this definition, we need to, you know, go to a really theologically in-depth movie to help us understand this, and that's The Lion King. Mm -hmm. And it's the moment where Simba is held up and the, ah, you know, all of that good stuff. And we actually played the music on yes. Sunday, had people raise yes. their hands, but he is held up in a high position. And what's cool in the scene is, is everyone else bows down. Yeah. And I thought, that's it. That's a really, really good picture of what the Apostle Paul is saying in Romans 12. Paul is saying that in the Christian community, that's how we operate in our relationships, that we hold people in a high position. So it was a fun illustration, Family Worship Sunday, but I really am hoping that that image sears in people's minds, that holding people in high positions looks like that. I think it, and it wasn't just, and, and I, I take a little, because I understand your train of thought, ADD <laughs> is a spiritual gift. It wasn't Mufasa, Simba's dad, yeah. holding him up. Yeah. It was the advisor, Rafiki, yeah. who said, hey, here it is. Yep. And I think we as Christians, we need to hold each other up every yeah. so often. That's like, good. Hey, you need, I'm putting you up here because this is where you're supposed to be. That's really and good. And we need to remember Jesus is here. Yep. We got to knock that knee down yep. and get low. Absolutely. Um, That's good. So for me, I, I really, I... I thought it was the best <laughs> illustration ever. I got it. Like I, I said, it. Jolie was like, man, I will say, um, if you Google the words, they're hilarious to the song. Of, of the circle of life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah. it's Swahili. Right. And it's it's like, guys, okay. if you need some entertainment, it is hilarious. Because that's one of the things I said. I was like, sing along if you can, even though nobody knows okay, the words. So I don't know the words in Swahili. Yeah, I sure. do know what they are in English, okay. and it is 
comical. Great. Um, Very good. That's so, great. So silly. I love it. <laughs> but back on topic. Yes. Because the squirrels will go everywhere. Yes. When discussing how, the how, let's get into those applications yeah. of how does this work? How do I determine, you know, what is honorable and what isn't? Mm. Where should I, you know, do this? It says that, you know, Christianity, Jesus, I'm supposed to show my faith honor, fellow man honor. I've got yeah. to honor Jesus. I've got to honor God, my husband, my kids, my, sure. all of those things. It feels like a lot. Yeah. Where can we, without getting too much, because we've got, this is the beginning well, sure. of the series, guys. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I, yeah sure. No, um, I think number one, it's understanding. And it's why we spend a lot of time here in the sermon. The sentence was the why. And the why is Christians honor all people is created in the image and likeness of God. So if the word honor denotes value, then what we believe in in our theology is that every human life is valuable and precious. And what I did was, is I spent time showing how radical of a concept that was. The reason why is, is because pagan religions or even modern day Darwin's theory or things like that, this is what makes Christianity stand out. And one guy who's a secular historian, he's not even a Christian. He studied the growth of Christianity under Roman oppression, which grew exponentially under persecution. And basically, I'm not going to read all of the quote. The summary was um, by an ancient letter that we have written in 362 AD from a Roman emperor who's frustrated that Christianity is spreading and growing. He says the reason why it's spreading and growing is because Christians take care of everybody. Mm. So when babies were put out in the gutter or when a plague swept through the city and everyone left, Christians stayed. Christians snatched up the babies out of the gutter. Why? Because every human life is valuable and precious, and we are to hold everybody in a high position of honor. And that... That is incredible to let us know that how Christianity stood out in the ancient world was that they honored each other regardless of their positions and last name. You see, honor back then was only reserved for royalty. Mm -hmm. So if you were a king or if you were born in royalty or if you had a lot of money and both of those were normally synonymous, then you were given honor. But Christians come along and say, no, 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 we honor poor people. We honor sick people. We honor people who quote unquote don't contribute to society because they're made in the image and likeness of God. And I, you know, not, not to sound redundant, but that is massively important for us to recover today. Yeah. And the sentence that I said was in a world of hostility, God is calling his people to live by honor. And, and, and I wanted to talk about this. We live in cancel culture. Oh, Okay, so our culture now praises you for your strengths, but the moment that you make a mistake, sin grievously, then you are crucified and there is no forgiveness for you. And so in a cancel culture, hostile social media world, what's going to stand out? Well, A, everybody's criticizing something on Facebook. B, everybody's tweeting or doing or saying something about someone. 
everybody's involved in the Johnny Depp kit. No, I'm just kidding, right? <laughs> Everybody has an opinion, and most of the time it's a negative opinion. What's going to stand out in that culture? People who honor, compliment, praise one another or positions. And, and I even got political. I said, you know, one of the things that stood out to early Christians that we see all through the scriptures, it says, honor the emperor in mm-hmm. 1 Peter. Um, I'm sorry, the same emperor that's killing us? Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Why? Because love always wins. And so it's so countercultural. And and I said, listen, I'm weary of seeing Christians lead the charge on criticizing presidents and politicians. At the end of the day, we are called to pray for them and to honor them, not because maybe they live an honorable life, but because of the position that they hold, because God has ordained it. What would it look like if we lived this way? And I really do think that the world would become attracted to Christianity again and say, man, what do those people have that we don't have? Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I think in the social media world, you're absolutely right. It's easier. The negative breeds more negative. Yeah. And and you know what? I've never heard someone say, man, you know what? I just feel like I'm over honored. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I've they never celebrate yeah, me too much. I've never heard I've never heard someone say, Man, you know what? I'm valued way too much at my job. That's hilarious. Yeah. I've, I've just never heard that no. before, you know? No. You um went on to quote Paul in Philippians, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humilities count others more significant than yourselves. Yeah. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. And that's Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. Yeah, the, and re- I- the reason why I, I pulled that verse in is because Paul is saying it again. Mm-hmm. So what, what he says in Romans, he says in a different way in Philippians. And, and we always do this. We say that let Scripture interpret Scripture. Where else is Paul saying this? And here we just kind of extracted two sort of key principles as an introductory to let us know about honor. And and the first one was honor flows from humility, okay? So you can't hold someone up unless you kneel down. And so, you know, to make this practical, guys, I hear all the time, mostly from the older generation, boy, kids these days, they don't honor authority. They don't, you know, police officers, they don't. I get it. I, I, yes, I totally mm-hmm. get it. But why? Why is that happening? Well, because in the same breath, what we are saying in society is that everybody is their individual person and they're unique. And, and all of that is true. But when we tell human beings that little Timmy, that little Timmy gets a participation trophy and everybody's, you know, wins in this and all of that stuff. What we're constantly breeding is I'm the exception. I should be honored. The, the, you know, the world revolves around me. So it's not that we have an honor problem, which is true, yes and amen. We have a humility problem. I mean, we just put the word selfie in the dictionary. Yeah. Ugh. Gross. You know, and Proverbs lays it out. It says, in the fear, the fear of the Lord is instruction and wisdom, and humility comes before honor. This is why someone who is a narcissist can't honor anyone. Right. Because it's got to be about them. And then the second one was real quick. It was a, just a definition of humility that Paul uses <clears throat> in the verse. Mm-hmm. He says, in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. 
That's the definition of yep. humility. Humility is counting others more significant than yourself. So you we said, me. yes, humility, you before me, that's humility. So just a little rhyme, whatever, to help us understand. You before me, that's humility. And how countercultural is that to our DNA? Oh, it's, well, you and I were having a conversation Man. earlier and you were saying, and I'm like, oh, I don't need, I'm not going to take us in a healthy position <laughs> right, because right. I was like, misery loves company, I'll pile on. And that's not what we need to do. We need to flip that yeah. and be like, okay, let's, how can we, how can we humble our needs, wants, self, get us out of the way and yes. let's lift up the others. And, and so, and so for me, like I'm practically learning and trying to learn what it is to become self-aware and all of these types of things. Like, so for me, practically, it's asking more questions than making statements and conversations. It's letting people speak. It's, well, well, what do you want or what do you think? It's that constant, how can I place this person and their position in this relationship in the driver's seat and show them value in that sense. And I think that's very honest and true. I think a lot of times people, Christians especially, we want to hold, we want to be relatable mm. and understand the other person's perspective, which is what I was doing earlier. I was like, sure. oh yeah, I get that. I too have dealt with this, that, and the other. Yeah. And that's not that's not yeah. honoring where you're sitting in at that moment. That's flipping it and making it more about me. And that's not what humility is. Humility is like, hey, I hear you. Yes. I'm sorry. This is hard. 100%. And that's all we need to say. I'm reminded, yeah. this is where my mind goes. There's an old rap song from the early 2000s called Mr. Me Too. And the guy goes, you know, I bought a new car. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. You know, I got new this. Yeah, me too. And then finally at the end of the song, he says, yeah, we get it. You too. Yeah. And and it's that we are very easy to go, you know, oh, yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, me too. And I describe sometimes that church, you know, an illustration is, is that it's kind of like an elementary school show and tell. Mm -hmm. Like back in the show and tell you were like, I get to show my bike. I get to show this incredible thing. And I asked the question, I said, apart from some really cool thing that a kid brought, do you remember anybody else's thing at Show and Tell? I didn't even remember my own stuff from Show sure. and Tell. <laughs> right, I right. went to Mad TV, Stewart. Look what I can do. That's where my brain I went. love it. But it was, no, we don't remember anybody else's no. stuff. Why? Because we were so concerned about our thing mm -hmm. and our thing was going to be the main thing. Yeah. And listen, if you want to sabotage every relationship before they start, or if you want to run all of your relationships or anything into the ground, make your thing always the main thing. And that's what Paul is talking about being countercultural here yeah. in this. What questions did you get? Okay. So yeah, this was pretty great. Um, in that, talking about this. Um, when I want to go back to honor and respect and okay. how they kind of have a dual role together. Yep. How can I practically honor somebody yeah, if I don't respect them? That's really good. And I don't want to get too much into this week because when we talk about honor your parents and the command, I mean, the huge command that comes with a promise, in the same breath, I've been in the game long enough to know that as people transition into adulthood, 
that becomes very muddy as to I'm an adult child. How do I honor my adult parents? Because originally what it is is when you're young, you honor your parents by obedience. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what the scriptures talk about. But when you're older, your obedience is now different. It's not that same level of relationship. And so I think the sentence, just a, a bit of a preview this Sunday, is when you can't respect the person or honor the person, you can still respect or honor the position. Okay? So let's take, for example, a police officer. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, there's a bad apple, okay, or something right. like that. The worst thing to do, which is what society is trying to teach us to do, is to say that all cops and all authority are bad. Well, that's a horrible way to go through life. Right. If you eat at one bad Taco Bell, they're not all bad, you know, in that, well, maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, um, <laughs> you, you know, but what you can do is go, that position has been ordained by God very clearly in scripture. And one of the things I said was, what if we started speaking honor over people's lives, even when we didn't think they were living an honorable life? Because what ends up happening inevitably is when you honor someone, they rise to yeah. the level of honor that you're giving them. Yeah. It it empowers them. And so a very practical way, I think, if you don't respect someone because of some choices or some things that they've done, I think here's some practical ways I think that you can honor them. Number one, you cannot speak ill about them in public. I think I think that's great advice for marriage. Uh, yes. How better My, way to honor your spouse than yes. to not trash them to your friends? Yes, 100%. And so no matter, even if you do, quote unquote, have the dirt and you mm-hmm. know the wrong and this, yep. that, and the other, do not engage and speak ill about them in public. Yep. Secondly, if you can, and if there is honorable actions or good thing that has taken place, instead of magnifying their weaknesses, why don't you maximize their strengths? What if there is one good thing? What if Bill did come to work on time this week? That's awesome. Honor Bill publicly about that, this, that, or the other. Um, And then I think the last thing kind of bleeds into what we were talking about. They are still a human being made in the image and likeness of God. So there is innate value there. Um, And so I think you can still honor them because of the value of who they are. I love what C.S. Lewis said. C.S. Lewis says, you never look at any mere human being. You always look at someone created in the image and likeness of God. I think as Christians, if we lived with that on the front of our brain, at the tip of our tongue, every day, the world would be so different. It's huge. So I think words, I think actions, I even think setting healthy boundaries Mm. in a relationship is honor, especially when it gets into older parents and stuff like that. Like there are some things now in life, you know, Genesis 2.24, therefore a man should leave his father Mm -hmm. and mother. That's a boundary. Yeah, There are things now that you don't engage in, you don't ask them into, invite them into out of honor for who they are. They don't need to deal with those things. They don't need to be involved in that stuff. So I think those are just a couple practical ways and things that they can honor someone. What else you got? Um, Okay. So when it comes to humility, Mm. 
I personally am reading this question from someone. Yeah. How do we authentically practice humility? Mm. And at what point does it become an act? Do yeah. we start out with it being an act and then we eventually good. naturally convert over to where you, like, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So there's two things here. The first one is this is I am very thankful for this question because they are self-aware that they can fake it. Oh yeah. And so there is nothing grosser than false humility. It is like gag reflex. Everybody in the room sees it and it's just like, ugh. so I think number one, being aware that you can fake it is a big deal. Number two, the key is to not focus on humility. It's not like, okay, I'm going to humble myself. 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 The key is to genuinely focus on the other person, to focus on that individual and the relationship. And then you do it a third way by um, focusing on them. But the reality is, is that when you value them and actually, and man, maybe you have to sit down with a piece of paper mm-hmm. and write at the top of it, I value this person because, number one, they're created in the image and likeness of God. Number two, because blank. Number three, because blank. Number four, and you just have to preach to yourself, you know, what this is. The third thing I think is, is that we have to understand that feelings follow actions. Yes. This is, listen, this is the key to a good marriage. Okay, Tim Keller says in his book, The Meaning of Marriage, what do you do when you enter into dry seasons in your marriage? where you don't feel like you want to be loving. You don't feel like you want to encourage. Guess what you do? You love them yep. and you encourage them yep. despite how you feel. The longer you do that, your feelings will actually change. Yep. Because here's what we say all the time at Westside. Your feelings are a good gauge, but they're a poor guide. Mm-hmm. If your feelings guide you, you're going to be Jack Sparrow's compass, <laughs> which never pointed never, anywhere. Yeah, never he did. always had to give the compass to someone else. And so if your feelings are in the driver's seat, you're going to be all over the road. But if you learn to humble yourself and do the acts of service despite how you feel, I guarantee you that your feelings will follow your actions. Absolutely. So I think those are some practical ways, you know, that. that that can happen. I love that because humility is that you can't be thinking of you in it and still. It's got to be it humble. It, it's got to be genuine. And and think about this. I always see this go around on Good Friday, and I love it. And it gets me every time. They ask the question at the top of the picture: What would you do if this was the last week of your life? And it's like, gosh, man, I would, you know, spend as much time with my family as I could, spend all my money, like, you know, go places, do this, do that, do all the other. Then at the bottom, when you click on the picture, it says, well, Jesus knew and he washed Judas's feet. Yeah. And so when we see humility, we have to pull from the cross. Yeah. We have to pull from Jesus because if you try to just muster it up, it's not going to work. No. Until you understand that God in Christ washed your feet and served you through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, that leaves nobody with an excuse. 
at that point, you go, the cross is my motivation. Because you have to pull from somewhere. If you pull from somewhere going, okay, I'm going to humble myself this week, and then maybe they'll respond this way. Mm, no. that, that's called manipulation. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what that is. What humility is, is I am going to do this regardless of the payment that I receive. And it's I, almost yeah. in spite of it in it, that sense. As I was thinking, it has to be even if it doesn't, even if it goes. Yes. Even if the only thing you can write on that paper about the person is that they are created in the likeness Amen. and image of God, it's still enough. 100%. It is still enough. No question. Um, before we get into the last question, because yep. it's kind of a big one, you gave us the application questions. How would my relationships change if my main concern became expressing how much I value that person? Yeah, man. That, what that is, is that's a hopeful question. Yeah. It leads with the positive rather than the negative. So everybody's sitting there going, well, yeah, I mean, I guess I could value my spouse more. Okay. But what I want to lead with is how how much more would those relationships change? Yeah. And how, what if it would bring the freedom and the joy in all of those things that you're desiring? So yeah, man, that's why I really enjoyed that question. I, I loved it because it did give, you know, it gave you action to do. Absolutely. Um, but it wasn't about you all at the same time. Yeah, 100%. Um, yes. And I think that was very awesome. That's good. How would Westside look if we actually became competitive at honoring each other? Yeah, you know, I use the illustration when I when I wrote that, I thought of a young couple that's in love who's talking on the phone and then they're getting ready to hang up and they're like, "No, you hang up. Oh, no, you hang up. Yeah. No, you you say bye. I well, I said bye." And and it's and then finally you're like, "Give me the phone. I'll hang up." Right. You know, whatever. But what if we became that competitive? Like that competitive in honoring and loving and cherishing. Like what if you're listening to this and on Sunday morning you utilize the nursery? Mm. And what if during the week when you went, or what if after service when you went to pick up your kid, you thanked the nursery worker, but what if through the week you sent them a message and said, hey, I just want to let you know that I was able to worship distraction-free on Sunday because you weren't able to, because you sacrificed your time to watch my kid, and I was able to freely worship. I really needed it this week. It was super important for me. I just want you to know that that was no small task of you watching my kid and doing that. I don't know, man. What would change in Westside? All the things. All the things would. But that kind of leads into the last question I had. Yeah. Um, Before we get into the final application question, we'll let that one sit for a second. Yeah. Where are Christians failing at honoring each other Mm. and outside of the church? Yeah, I'm going to take it reverse. I think outside of the church is what I spoke to Sunday. Mm -hmm. I think that Christians have gotten into the political bed. And when Christians get in bed with politics, nothing good is ever born. I don't think we've just gotten in bed with politics. I think we've gotten in bed with culture. Sure, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think when it comes to honoring those positions that we see in Scripture that are so clearly commanded, Christians are leading the charge in sarcasm Mm. and all of those types of things. And so I think in the world, 
And one of the things we're going to talk about this week is honor starts in the home. Yep. Like that's where it all begins. And so I think that's where we're failing massively um, in the culture. And then I think Christians are failing and honoring each other because we have a false humility. We are trying to humble ourselves in order to get something from the relationship rather than freely sacrificing to give to the relationship. So rather than going, here's what I need, how can I get it? Focusing on the other individual and going, what do you need and how can I meet that need? I think that's what changes everything in the relationship. And when the world finally sees Christians, rather than fighting amongst each other, honoring one another. Like, here's a very practical way, just to get super boots on the ground. Yes. One of the things that we um, have not done in a while, but more so just because of scheduling, we did a thing in uh, out west side called Churches Honoring Churches, or Churches Loving Churches. Mm -hmm. And what we did is, the first Sunday of the month, we showed a picture of like First Baptist Church. And I said, hey, Pastor Brandon Spain and his wife Amanda are the pastors there. This is their staff. Here's their website. Here's all of this. There's no cards out in the lobby. You can write them a note letting them know that you love them, that you care for them. And we're going to pause right now and we're going to pray for First Baptist Church. Yeah. And we just took time on a Sunday morning to talk about and to honor another church. I think that's the way that Christians can honor each other. I think that's what it looks like. When there's supposed to be a difference Mm -hmm. and a divide, I think we bridge that with honor. And so I think those are some of the kind of practical ways that that looks. So other than the culture, because culture teaches us to be individual and do all this, which Christians, if you're listening to this, that's the way to be different right now is to do this. Culture teaches you to demand honor from other people. Like no matter what you do or what you say, other people owe you. Mm -hmm. They owe you that. And the reality is, is that is a lie that no relationship healthily operates off of a principle like that. There's no way. So what is stopping me from starting now? That was the last question. I love that because it kind of tied in with one of the questions that I thought, why should we? Yeah. Well, we should because the Bible tells us we should. Sure. What's stopping us is yeah. ourselves. A hundred percent. I mean, it's the opposite of humility itself. Yep. A hundred percent. It's the reality of when we step back and really, if you're able to step back and evaluate your life in the deep recesses of your heart and... When I'm in a bad season and I'm starting to get out of that season or that time frame, those days or whatever, one of the things that grieves my heart the most is when I realize how much time and energy was spent on me. Ah. And what I mean by that is me fighting in relationships to get the prominent position, me looking out for me, me trying to do, you know, like right. it's, it's that level of stuff. And I legitimately think that we would be shocked if we took a step back from our relationships and really realized how much energy and time is spent on us in the relationship versus the other individual. Well, and honestly, if we're putting that much time and energy, how much? They're probably not. Yeah. They're probably not. It's tearing us up probably way more than it is them. 100%. And um, honor is honor. the act of holding people in positions and high value. And it doesn't matter like that. 
I love that it doesn't doesn't come with a butt. Right. Yep. Unless unless they've done this, unless they've done that. But if they've done this, they're not worthy. No. Yep. You were bought with a price, so glorify God. Period. End of sentence. And we do that through honoring his people because 100%. we are all created in his likeness and image. 100%, man. I am super excited. Yeah, man, it's going to be good. This Sunday, it is Mother's Day because May's, May's crazy. We've I love got it. All the things in May Mother's Day and baby dedication. Yeah, we got a ton of stuff planned for Sunday, y'all. So I love that Mother's Day is the highest attended Sunday apart from Easter because moms are so awesome that they just say, you know what would be a great Mother's Day gift? Come to is church. If you come to church with me. Yep. I love that so much. And so we've got. I mean, we've got a photo booth. We've got someone taking pictures, like great quality pictures mm-hmm. at that booth for you. Um, all the women are receiving gifts and the men are passing out the gifts, which I totally love to serve them. We've got baby dedications. And then the sermon this Sunday is going to be honoring your father and your mother. And so we're kind of, you know, this week we asked, what is honor? This week we're kind of answering, who do we honor and how do we do that? And so in the series to come, I mean, we're going to be talking about authority that God has ordained. There's going to be all types of stuff. So I'm really, really looking forward to this series. I cannot wait. Honor is the act of holding people and positions in high value. And this week we get to talk about mamas and daddies come in there too. And I love that because it's a, it's a partnership. A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. Guys, we love you so much. If you have any questions about the sermon, you can send those in to info at westsidepb.org or you can shoot Miss Nikki a message on Facebook. Um, Those questions we keep anonymous and so please feel free to ask any question whatsoever. Um, If you want to kind of catch up on the sermon or the sermon notes, those are on the website at westsidepb.org and you can get the link to that book that I was talking about, The Gift of Honor um, in the show notes for this podcast. And so we love you guys. We thank you so much for tuning in. Miss Nikki, we are looking forward to honoring mamas and women of Westside this Sunday. Hey, next week we'll have special guests on the podcast. It'll be a great time. Yes, please tune in. It's going to be good. Awesome, guys. We love you and let everything that we do be all about Jesus. Amen. Blessings. Blessings.